Well, hello and welcome to Inexos Access All Areas. My name is B, and I will be co-hosting this series of podcasts with my Inexos nerd, Hayden Murdoch. We will be delving deep with you all to explore everything there is to know about this iconic band of brothers in excess, sharing music, tours, videos, albums, and oh, so much more. Hello everybody, welcome to Inexcess Access All Areas, the podcast designed to educate new, passive, uber and passionate fans about all things about this great band and get them into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, episode 13. B, how are you? Woohoo, I'm here. Yeah, really good. Number 13, lucky 13, hey? Lucky 13, that's right. We're going we're gonna to make sure this is a lucky one. Uh, despite the fact there's an album to talk about called The Swing and Original Sin being one of the tracks, we make sure mm. this is not too sinful an episode. What do you think? <laughs> sinful an episode. Yes, yes, yes. I've already looked at your notes and I think we're going to have a little squabble. A squabble <laughs> okay. I think. Well, tell, <laughs> tell me how your In Excess week was. You've got oh, an extra new CD edition in yes, your collection. I do. I'm going to show it off to you. Dun, 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 dun. Oh, there go, yeah. I um I had somebody, some beautiful in excess sister tag me in to a post where a guy um was um selling um Michael's um CD. The solo one, not the Max Q one, is that right? Uh, yes. And I got number twelve. It's very precious. Love it. And it's such great cover. And such a great back cover and such a good inside covers. So I did post them for everyone as well because I do like to share. So Hayden, how was your In Excess week? Very good. You know, I immersed myself in all things The Swing this week. Not so much in listening to it because it's sort of, I think, imprinted on my DNA and my consciousness. But uh, uh, very excited about this album and I think... um, seeing the fans' response online through our, our platforms, I think a lot of them are looking forward to our, our deep dive, B. Mm. Yes. I would like to mention a few new people that have uh, come on board. There's a lovely girl called uh, Kathy Louise, and she says that she first listened to the Swing album when she was listening to the Janet Long show back in the UK. Actually, it's not Janet. It's Janice Who? Long. It's Janice Long. (laughs) Well, no one I haven't heard of them either. (laughs) Either of them. (laughs) Yeah, no, she's she's a cool cool cat. She she's been around um, on Radio One. I think she's now probably on Radio Two. And she used to be um, the evening presenter with all the cool underground songs. And um, she she really uh, backed in excess from the start. So um, yeah, she's 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 great. And I used to listen to her back when I from the age of 14, I think, of a night time when my mum and dad thought I was in bed asleep. Um, so, yeah, that's um, <laughs> hello to Cathy. Um, there's also a Michelle um, Mossett and a, a Matthew Ferguson who say that this was with their, their very first album that they bought and love. Um, I've, I've, I've never mentioned Joseph Aha before, but Joseph, thank you for all your support. You're always with us. And also um, Felicia um, Wary as well and um, Jennifer Foster. Thank you. And can't not go ahead and not say um, hello to all the beautiful Lisas out there. You say Maddie Ferguson there, did you? Yes, I did. 
<laughs> well, I think that is uh, my godparent's son, who's a bit like a brother and a cousin to me. And I do know he was in, as he said, so I've got a small world of suspicion that that could be him. So hello, Maddie. Thank you for joining us too. Ah, family on board. Lovely. Nice to have you here. <laughs> All right, what are we going to talk about? Last week with uh, Kirk, um, we had a really good sort of, uh, you know, fan engagement uh, from the episode and lots of listeners, and I think people got a real appreciation for Kirk's career, B. Yeah, we did. Um, I reckon that um, Kirk actually was more, um, he had more downloads than uh, John's um, episode. Hmm. What do you think Go about the that? Kirkmeister. Go the Kirkmeister, yes. Do you think Lane might have downloaded a <laughs> times to beat John? <laughs> yeah, I reckon. He got a little fan club going. Huh? Yes. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> she knows. Well, could have happened. You never know. But, um, well, so I think uh, when we progress ahead with some of our band member deep dives, you know, we've got Gary to still talk about. We've got Tim to talk about. Uh uh, Andrew is going to need a dump, and I think Michael is going to need a triple episode. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Should we mix him up? Put a Michael yeah. in next time, maybe, and then bring him back in the middle, and then go to the end. Or oh, look, I think I think for Michael, they're probably an hour on the music, maybe an hour on the rock star sort of live, you know, version, the rock god, and maybe an hour just on his life and celebrity and, and, mm. and things like that. So um, I think for Andrew, there'd be an hour on the music and probably an hour on, you know, the career side and all the other things he's done. So mm. it's natural to think that there will be a bigger emphasis on those guys as yeah. they probably were the, the creative force behind the band. Mm. Time for some news. And now it's time for the excess news with Hayden from around the world. All right. Well, at the time of recording, B, uh, the Australian charts have re- re- recognised in excess as being 298 weeks in the Oz Top 50 album charts. Uh, the album did drop one spot from 36 to, well, 35 to 36. However, two more weeks and hits 300 weeks in the charts. So come on, fans, download, buy, whatever you've got to do. We've got to get this thing to 300 weeks, which yes. would be six years. That's pretty cool, B. Oh, it's epic, isn't it? It's really good. And still up in the top yeah, 50. Absolutely. Or 40 even. Yeah. Awesome. Well done, everybody. Yep. No, it's, uh, 36 is solid. Um, yeah. All right, well, the US charts, Need You Tonight Part 2, as we've uh, ascended, coined it, uh, not the female artist who's ripped the song off, we're calling it Need You Tonight Part 2, did drop from 17 to 24 at a time of last recording, B, fall back to 17. Woo! <laughs> So these fluky American charts, don't know if they're okay, uh, we've had a complete reversal back to chart in more places. Also too, they have a pop 100 chart, which sometimes breaks down the pop type songs. Number one this week on the pop charts there. Oh. So that's pretty exciting for Nija circa 2020. So uh, on the overall master chart, it's 17, but on the pop charts, it's number one. So wow. well done to the boys. Wow, 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 that's awesome. Can you give a clap? <laughs> a computer tap clap. Um, now, really timely, uh, it's funny how life works out, um, that 
Uh, on original Sin, the album, uh, and the original version, uh, there was a backup vocalist called Daryl Hall from Hall & Oates, and we will uh, talk about that a bit later. But mm-hmm. uh, Daryl has a very famous sort of uh, concert-type housing establishment slash restaurant mm-hmm. where bands go and play, and they record, and it's called Daryl's House. Yes. Uh, and it's up in a place called Pauling in New York. Mm-hmm. And it just so happened that uh, Ash and Moon with Gary, uh, Gary Gary Beers and Toby and that, uh, on July 22nd, just over a week ago, played at that venue. Yeah. So, small world, 35, 36 years ago since they recorded Original Sin with Daryl. Yeah. Now Gary's back playing at the venue called Daryl's House. Yeah. And um, Daryl uh, is obviously hosting them there, which is pretty cool. And we actually happen to be uh, reviewing that album this week. So, all the stars are aligning. It's all aligning. It's all aligning. Ooh. Well, I'm sure you'd be a bit of an astrologer, uh, you know, in you. Would that be right, B? Yeah, absolutely. I'm you'd not an astrologer. I just, I just like stars. Yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> Fair enough. Now, uh, on a little bit of slightly sadder news, not, not sort of the worst in the world, but I know Don't Change, the cover band, have had to reschedule some of their concerts, uh, some of the Gold Coast that they were planning and they've moved them from, from later this year through to next year and I guess it's just a you know a, you know a symbolic sort of uh, you know recognition of the virus and COVID-19 mm. and I'm around the world I'm sure uh, booking agents have uh, spent copious amounts of hours rescheduling all their artists but to be respectful of this virus they've gone and done that and um, you know if you are listening and, and you are part of uh, you know those some of those tours and things they have moved certain shows yeah. so maybe just check your uh, your, your um, online access to the band and things. Yes, what with the restrictions, I think everyone should be looking at the uh, Facebook page because they don't want to get um, upset by losing out on not seeing their favourite shows um, that they've um, they've yeah. booked. Yeah, there's a lot of restrictions. You're you're really in lockdown over there, aren't you, in Melbourne? We are. We're in Mars Central, but um, maybe they're maybe they're just confined to New South Wales gigs now, given that's where they're based. Mm, uh, yeah, probably. Yeah, they can't get to Adelaide either, yeah. can they? Anyway, I guess. No, I guess check mm. your local uh, local guides. Um, uh, another thing, just the, the news, just to finish with, uh, there was a little podcast I found this week uh, talked about in excess. And, you know, for me, I like spreading in excess love around. I highly recommend this one. It was called In Excess Decomposed. Now, uh, it's a podcast that is really designed to uh, sort of deconstruct, I guess, a song and really break it all down. So uh, this, this particular uh, podcast was quite fun. Um, the people on it's America were talking about never tear us apart and breaking and all the lyrics and the song and the, the guitar and all the different parts to it but um, they were doing it a little bit more from uh, you know uh, I think they were sort of part of a, a Shakespearean uh, acting group and a few different things so it was quite funny and <laughs> quite respectful at the yeah. same time time <laughs> um, so yeah if you do can download it's called Nixus uh, Decomposed Never Tear Us Apart and I think it might have been episode 189 or something like that okay. but uh, uh, it is a good listen for about an hour and a half I did find oh. myself laughing and they're talking about you know the band songs but they, they, they put particular attention into Never Tear Us Apart oh, okay. uh, so I found it very good good to listen to okay yeah never one to listen to yeah awesome hey this is Tim Farris, and you're listening to Access All Areas in Hayden and B. Uh-huh. 
And now for Topic of the Week. All right, Topic of the Week, In Excess, the Swing album. Uh, Very, very excited to talk about this because this is a little bit of the musical from my youth and I'm sure many other listeners out there uh, when it came out. And and for those who found it later, um, I know it's a a, a particular fan favourite, which is easy to say, but this one really, really is. Uh, I was 13 came out and was sort of, uh, you know, that typical 13-year-old, a little bit young and awkward with a uh, uh, clearasol pimple problem. Um, but this song really, uh, this album, I should say, really sort of spun me and uh, very, very privileged to talk about it today. Uh, it probably is uh, steeped in tradition in Australia as a real uh, classic, one of the greatest Australian albums of all time. And I think as a, as a, as a, a musical leap, it, it took giants you know gigantic steps for the band the notion that the band were able to sort of i guess spread their wings internationally to record for the for the first time uh, can't be underestimated uh, they as you know discussed previously got a chance to record with noel rogers in new york at the power station studios and have uh, people like Daryl Hall and back up vocals on one of the songs um, uh, with the majority of the album I guess uh, recorded in the in the UK under Nick Launay who uh, was a very famed producer in the 80s um, of other Australian bands such as Idol Models and I think he might have gone on to uh, produce Silverchair and so many other international bands but um, I guess B this was a, a real musical leap for the band from uh, you know the yeah, sounds of uh, uh, Shabu Shabar, mm. uh, you know, going into into the swing. Mm, absolute classics on this album. Yes, I think I wouldn't have heard this until '86. It came out in '84. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. I think Original Sin was released in December, which mm. I remember quite fondly. But uh, uh, it uh, the whole album was sort of released around April '84, um, and I think Send a Message was sort of the almost the the the, the single that sort of uh, coincided with the release of the album because Original Sin had got number one in Australia and uh, had three or four months in the charts, mm. and then on the back of that, uh, yeah. About April, it was released uh, as a fully fledged album yeah. uh, in Australia, and uh, it was on radio everywhere. Is it really? Not just the yeah, not just the singles, but you know, it, I mean, album tracks, which we will talk a lot about today, uh, were actually uh, part of that. Mm. Okay, uh, and part of that sort of, I guess, process, which was great because I think yeah. I heard all songs before I bought the album, um, yeah. and the, which made buying the album uh, a pleasurable experience because you could sort of had a precondition of some of the tracks and it was exciting to go, I wonder which ones they released as singles. Uh, they released in Australia, obviously, the original Sin, which went number one, uh, Send a Message went number two, uh, Burn for You went number three. Uh, and then they had Dancing on the Jetty, which went 36. So from a, a, a release point of view, it was always exciting to go, I wonder what one that they're going to release. And um, as we no doubt will discuss when we do a deeper dive on some of these album tracks, uh, there could have been several other songs to singles. Although the, what they did be is they released seven videos uh, for the album. So maybe they kept their options and open as to what would be a single, but um, uh, Love Is What I Say and All The Voices and Melting In The Sun were three additional uh, videos recorded at the time. 
and um, effectively sort of, you know, maybe they had a plan to release seven singles or they weren't sure which ones they were going to release, but um, there's actually seven videos uh, that were made for this album, which uh, is quite unique when you think about it. Yeah, it's great for us as fans that we've got all this footage as well, so we can actually yeah. listen to the songs on, um, yeah. on, on YouTube as well and see the visuals. It's great. We're very lucky. Yeah. Coming off uh, Shabu Shabar, which went uh, top 30 in the American charts and went gold, uh, The Swing only made it to 52 in America, which uh, I guess was, in hindsight, a really disappointing uh, result, and I think a really unfair result. Um, uh, it went to number 27 in Canada. Uh, England at the time weren't really paying much respect to the band, so uh, it didn't sort of chart very well there. Um, but on my rant last week where I talked about Original Sin and you know, radio sort of, in a way, banning the song because of the sensitive lyrics, I think all of that sort of hurt the momentum of this, this album launch. Uh, and what's really interesting that uh, happened after Kick was that uh, this album in America did actually go platinum, which is over a million, but about three quarters of those sales happened after Kick, mm. uh, which is really interesting because people went back and said, well, Kick and Listen Like These, we know. This band's awesome. Let's go back and rediscover. And they sold, as I said, you know, probably even over a million copies of this album on the back end of Kick mm. rather than before Kick. So I'm really glad that it did get a bit of a second bump up and got given the, sort of the, the, the justice deserved on the charts. Um, I guess this album, you know, just to talk about how it did jump musically for the band, uh, I think with Shabu Shabar, which is, I won't say a dark and moody sort of album, but in a way it was, it probably was, uh, when you think of songs like To Look At You and things like that, uh, it probably had a real artistic bent to it. I think this album really sort of, you know, found the band, you know, honing into this sort of danceable rock, you know, melting pot, you know, with funk and uh, and with some, more, you know, really good orchestral sort of flourishes and even some salsa and some real rhythmic type of um, sort of sounds behind it. And uh, I, look, I know Kirk and some of the band members were quite, good fans of Talking Heads and I guess you know similarly in some ways there were some production similarities between this and some of the Talking Heads albums but um, it's a really diverse album and uh, often I think back to it I, I call this the Japanese album B because there's probably three or four songs on here and even video clips that pay homage to sort of some of the Japanese sounds and lyrics and even in the video for Send a Message and stuff like that. That sort of, you know, Japanese overtime. It really captured the Australasian market. It gave them, you know, number one in France with Original Sin. It allowed, you know, a couple of songs to chart overseas in different countries. Uh, and radio and, 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 and airplay had such a massive effect on a band, you know, in terms of momentum. There was no internet, there was no YouTube, there was no file sharing. The only way you could get your song played if it was added to the radio playlist. And when it got, original scene essentially got banned, you know, it just stalled the, the, the prospects. So, as I said, you know, and reiterate, it was great that this album got a, a second bite of the cherry after Kick got released because uh, it's definitely worthy uh, uh, album in the NXS canon. Yeah, I love the Japanese feel for through it. The the mu it's very musical. It's beautiful. It's a li lot more listenable than the others. Like you say, Shibu Shibar is very stylized. Mm. I thought it had that sort of new romanticness um, about it. Whereas this album, 
it's very them, isn't it? It's it, this is this is in excess. This this is them. Well, this is just them mm. opening the palette of their sound in so many different ways. Okay, and we're going with the first song off the album of the swing, and it is Original Sin. Original Sin, I get the new ball to talk about this one first, and then you'll talk about the next song first, I guess, after that. But, uh, look, what a cracker. What a what a song that um, shaped my youth. And uh, I remember coming out of Samba thinking, who's this band? It was such a great sound. And then I was like, oh, well, this is in excess. I think I remember them from uh, a year or two ago. Uh, it was just, it was like nothing I'd heard before on the radio. And I remember single for Christmas in 1983 it's all I wanted and it was in this little pink sort of uh, sleeve and uh, I played it to death I think it was the the song that taught me how to use a record player that's how much I loved it and uh, if you think about the song as discussed um, it's got some really interesting this big funk sort of intro with sort of Nile Rogers sort of production uh, fingers all over it um, but at the end of it it's got that really sort of salsa rhythmic-y type of outro that is is really uncommercial for what ultimately was a very commercial you know song um, what's your thoughts on this beat does it still stack up for you? Do, do you did you love it do you love it where does it sit for you well, having come straight into the um, Listen Like Thieves album was my, my, my first um, sort of drop into In Excess. And then on the radio, they kept playing this. And I was like, well, I can't see this on the album. I couldn't see it. But it was just a standout song. So th- this got me to um, then go and get the album. But, yeah, it's it's a classic yeah. straight away, isn't it? As soon as it starts off, I love it. And there's, the guitars in it are fantastic. But Michael's, eh, 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 eh. you know, it's good. It's really, really good. But I've got, I mean, I love, I love it on the album, but... Wembley when he does it at Wembley or when they do it at Wembley it just goes off doesn't it it's electric yeah well a couple you know a little bit of trivia about this song um it wasn't originally pardon going to be called original sin do you know what it was going to be called B? nope brand new day oh yeah. yeah. Okay. So, but I like, I sort of like songs that sometimes um, 
barely say the name of the song in them mm. um, or say it sparingly. And I think the, the, the name Original Sin is, a, is just such a, uh, a great name yeah. for, for, for a song per se, mm. uh, especially the subject matter yeah. uh, as well. Yeah. Um, I didn't know that, you know, it's, it's often mentioned that sort of Andrew and Michael and, the you know, seeing out the window, seeing sort of kids of different colours and backgrounds play each other, thinking, well, this won't last forever. The lyric itself was sort of a bit of a, of a lament to that sort of situation but um, mm. uh, I think like a great song you know it's still these days and uh, still gets global airplay and I can't think of any In Excess tour where they didn't play yeah. it um, some songs just never go out of a set list yeah. I think this one never once it once it hit the set list it never left yeah. and didn't um, Nile Rogers run into a, another recording studio and pull Daryl out and say come and uh, do backings for us on this yeah. Yeah, is that how it worked, I think? Yeah, yeah. and... Yeah, well, I think that Daryl was recording in sort of the next um, sort of studio there at all the notes in 1983. I mean, of you know the I don't know the late not so Lady Gaga's, but in popularity they were yeah, the, they were at the zenith were at big. that particular time. Yeah. And for the band, um, and there's been some some posts in the last few days of the picture of Daryl in the studio with the band. Yeah. You can see just how young Mike was, the rest of them, mm. um, uh, and you can hear Daryl's voice, such a great voice, yeah. and that backup vocal in the Dream On, White Boy, mm. Black Girl. You know, mm. like he's he really adds value to mm. it, um, and it's it's, it's it's a nice touch to sort of think that they're able to, to get someone like that. And I just think, again, the band took risks. They yeah. went overseas. They took challenges. They just didn't settle. And opportunities often in life come your way when you take a risk. Mm. And, you know, just so happens that Daryl Hall was next and came on in. And next thing you know, he's on the track forever, which is great. Mm, mm. Okay, so let's get on with the second one. So this one is Melting in the Sun. I'm melting in the sun. This is what they call the life I suppose too much sun Makes a desert Arab say not like me saying this but I actually don't this isn't my least favorite song on the actual album um I don't know why it is I really want to like it but it's I don't know I think it's too many down notes for me maybe come on you love it don't you 
and it's my friend. Well, I know he co-wrote your... it. He's going to kill me. <laughs> wash your mouth out with water. Your friend Tim is going to be very, very unhappy with you. This is one of the rare Tim co-writes, and now you're, you're lambasting. Well, Tim, I'm going to bat for you on this one because I think this is a classic. Uh, I love the... Uh, I think it's a Garrett horse with the bass. Uh, John had a co-write on this as well. Uh, I think this is a real Farris song. Um, but uh, this, to me, I I love. I reckon it's still... I think it's a ring song. And um, you know what? Ears of the Beholder for you. That's okay. This one is a definite yes I wonder if it's a boy-girl thing. Perhaps it's a more of a boyish sort of, you know, a bit dirty do-do-do-do-do. I mean, I don't... I'm a lot more like... Oh, what about the line? 21, I knew the world. Like I said, I want to like it. But just, it's not my favourite. I've got to have one that's not my favourite, mm. and this is it. So, anyway. So, let's, let's go to the next right. one. Send a message. Oh, I like this one. Send a message, the second single off the album that uh, I think it hit number eight in America, number two in Australia. We loved it, loved the film. It was quite, um, uh, well, again, that owed to the Japanese, I think, uh, uh, Buddhist temple or whatever it was up in the hills, and uh, it was quite a fun sort of film clip. Um, um, I think if there's anything about probably aged a little bit, I think it is a little bit uh, sort of intrinsic to its time with the sort of the, the keyboard flourishes there. Um, you're shaking your head. <laughs> because I disagree. I think it's a rocking song. It has not aged oh. at all. It's brilliant. Brilliant. I mean, anything that's got <laughs> like play it, Timmy, in it for a start. <laughs> 
Yeah. I, I, look, I, I, I'm just a bit sick of this one. I think if there's anything there, probably radio overkilled it a bit, overcooked the goose. Probably one that I would skip now. Although you know, at the time it was out, you know, I really loved it and, uh, and and respected it. I just think now for me, it just hasn't aged as well as some of the other songs on the album. But really? I respect it, so wow. maybe that's my uh, no. appeasement of you. No, no, it's absolute top song. And when you go to watch this um, being played live as well, you can't help but sing along with it. And that 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 term, that line, like an animal as well. Oh, brilliant. <laughs> well, it looks like we've disagreed on two out of the three already, yeah. so this is interesting. Yeah, I, don't, it is. I don't mind it. I don't mind Fusty B defending or I not liking. We gonna, it's good. We're going to fall out on a few more, <laughs> I reckon, in a minute. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be a fun one. Okay, so where are All we? Right. The next one is um, you put DOJ. What do you mean by DOJ? DOJ is dancing on the jetty. Ah, Shorthand. Cool. Yeah, in excess is shorthand and beat for in excess and DOJ shorthand for dancing on the jetty. Take it away, B. That's a great song. I mean, it's a, it's a political song, but it's beautiful at the same time, isn't it? With all the um, the, the Japanese um, sort of undertones there going on as well. But it's just beautiful. I mean, to see that they played it at um, at the uh, the Royals as well. It was lovely in his t-shirt. Uh, well, I think, look, this song for me, you know, is really good. I, I really like it. I'm glad it was a single. Um, it feels like 
uh, two songs put together. When mm. you think of the verses and um, then suddenly the way it breaks into a chorus, it does sound like two pieces of music sort of uh, sort of amalgamated together. Uh, and sometimes in songwriting that actually happens where they have one piece of music, another piece of music, and then they somehow uh, sonically merge them and uh, you know into one cohesive thing. But um, um, I think this was you know quite a sort of political song. Mm. And also a lot of, sort of biblical, historical references um, with, you know, war and turmoil and, and battles and then, you know, the solution being, oh, we're just going to go dancing on a jetty, which I guess is a nice metaphor, thinking of a jetty or a pier. OK, and now time for the title track, The Swing. The title track, The Swing, um, I started playing this song again about six months ago in my car. And out of all the songs on the album, this one, along with one other that's yet to be played, was getting high rotation. And it really has aged well. Uh, I think it's a classic. I wish it had been a single at the time, and I think people in Australia know it very well. A strong track then, a strong track now. Um, I love the pulsating sort of uh, drum the vocal, um, the big sound, uh, Michael's vocal, I think it all adds up to a, a strong song, which I had of, well, which I wish I had of seen live. B, how do you th- feel about this song? Right, so when I first got the album, there was a few songs that I just couldn't listen to. One was, like I said, Mountain in the Sun, and then the other one was this one. I, it, was a, it was a skip for me for a very long time. I just didn't really connect with it. I just didn't enjoy it. I think at the time when I was 19, put it that way. Um, I've revisited it, and obviously we've been going through it now, and I've put on my Hayden ears, and I've been listening to the drumming, and I love it. When you focus on John, <laughs> it's a whole yeah. ch- it's a whole different song to me. So yeah, it's gone it's gone. Yeah. No, I'm, it's on right. Yeah, I love it more. And you're a John fan anyway, aren't you? So that's probably why you like it so much. Yeah, yeah. Mm, mm. Well, but, I'm really glad glad you share that because I think with Golden Playpen, 
you know, I started liking again a few months ago, but at the time I was always like, oh, and, you know, whatever, it would just sort of come and go. So, um, again, something can, and it's the power of music, something can jump out at it, it's different. Could be yeah. the vocal, could be the melody, could be a percussion like the drums, and I'm really glad that something like that has sort of reconnected your sort of love for this song because yeah. uh, um, it's not a very commercial song, but it, it, it's it's got an integrity to it, an urgency, a power to it, which I really like. You know? mm, mm, mm. Yeah, it's a good one. Okay, so the next one is um, J.A. <laughs> Johnson's Aeroplane. <laughs> Johnson's. <laughs> yeah. All right, take it away. exotic isn't it it's got an exotic sound to yeah. it it really does take you away into those gardens and Johnson's aeroplane coming down over the fields I just love it it's great it really is it takes me on a visual um, and I feel the warmth and the glow I love it how about you yeah no I, I really agree like uh, it, 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 the lyrics of this uh, really transcend your brain and mind mm. being in the plane, flying over fields and gardens and things like that, and imagery. Um, and the backup vocals, you get a really, really lovely sort of uh, vocal from Michael, I think, with this um, uh, in, in the delivery. And then the, the backup vocals of the band really are, are on fire here. Mm. Um, and it's a song with some sort of restraint. It's not uh, a full-on rock or whatever there. It's sort of mid-tempo and contemplative and uh, just very, very sweet sounding. And I know uh, if you spoke to real sort of hardcore and excess fans, this really was at the time one of their favorite. favorites, you know, mm. real deep album track, but one that they really loved and um, uh, adds to the quality of the album uh, and that Japanese uh, tinge. Mm, mm, beautiful. Okay, and talking about um, Uber fans um, loving a song, this one is a big standout, isn't it? What I say, bring this on. I'm the, I might go and have a lie down and listen to this.
Top five in the NXS. Okay, uh, I love this song, and I remember at the time it was a film clip. It was sort of more of a live version mm. that you uh, got to see, but it was played on radio. And, and if a radio announcer at the time didn't tell you who was singing and who it was, um, it was very unexcessy in the sound and and the you know, the the mood. Because I remember knowing this song at the time, but knowing it was in excess, even though I loved the band, and. Uh, over the years and the journey, I think it's become something that when I go back to listen to the swing, I go, how did this song never not be a single? Like, a real example of deep album track that just really summed up the strength of their songwriting and the loop at the time. Um, and the chorus, uh, melody, the instrumentation, um, it's a classic. Uh, anyone hasn't much about the band and our singles you will really uh, love and discover this song you know I think you know like the rest of us if you played enough and uh, a bit like to look at you it's one of these sort of non inaccessible sounding songs that just show their versatility I think and um, how do you feel about it B? you with me on this uh, I love it I absolutely adore this song it's one of those that I do feel like I do have to lie down and just take it all in he's um, yeah. He's so deep with it. Um, do you remember? I don't know if it actually. I actually got it um, put out there by um, Blair, but we had Blair on the show. I think it was episode five, and he is yep. the um, the lead singer of the Don't Change um, tribute band. And he says that he's only sung this once, and it's a really hard song to sing because it's so yeah. deep. Um, and he says he, that's why he understands that Michael didn't sing it very often because it's such a hard song to sing. But to listen to it, it's just beautiful, isn't it? Well, I think that from a vocal register point of view, it got deep sort of baritone sound to some very high you know, voice inflections in the chorus part. Mm. So probably asks a lot of the, uh, of the singer who does choose to sing it. But um, yeah. Um, yeah, look, I... I this is one of these classic songs that will definitely be on our deep dive sort of Spotify playlist. And, if you know, I, I think if you only know when it's the, the, the singles and a few other album tracks here and there, but not this one, um, this is a, a, what do you call it, an uncut gem for you that you could yeah. really uh, go back and discover and, and love. Um, you know, I said a few, few episodes ago, I... You know, a few years back when Prince unfortunately passed away, I went back and listened to certain albums which I hadn't listened to before. And the, the Swing album is that. People go back and find some of these uncut because there's, there's heaps of them. And this is right up. Okay, so the next one is going to cause a big argument. I know because I can see your notes and I can see my notes on this song. And it's called Face the Change. <laughs>
Okay, I really thought we were going to have an argument mid-way um, through that, but actually we were talking about sound bites and you wanted to put in a fart sound and I said, I'm the editor and there's no <laughs> fart sound coming in after that song at all. So I think the bass is just truly fantastic in this and I love the, um, the Japanese feel about it. Oh, it's a, oh, it's um, at the beginning. Okay, can you, like, anyway, what, do you, what are you going to say about it? La 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 la. <laughs> well, this is la, a John. La, 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 la. Oh. This is a John Kirk and Michael uh, co-write, mm. but it is the only stinker on no, the album. No, it is not. <laughs> Don't. Okay, my turn to speak. Okay, you've had your shot. Okay. Uh, it's a boring lyric, boring sound, uh, boring chorus, um, filler track, and. It's the only song that prevents this album being a 10 out of 10. <gasps> so, uh, yeah, I, um, disagree, I'm sorry, disagree, everyone disagree. out there who likes it, but, yeah, mm. I can't stand this song. It's mm. in my top worst five. I, I like this much uh, so, more than Melting in the Sun. Ah, uh, 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 uh. uh, well, you know, <laughs> no accounting for bad taste. <laughs> yeah, you've got lots. Okay, so um, <laughs> Burn For You is our next classic song. Wow, what a song. Um, this went to number three in Australia, and it's a very loved song that still gets plenty of radio airplay today. 
uh, if I can give some uh, references to this particular track, um, it sort of starts off at the very beginning, very similar to Blondie's Heart of Glass. So if you do want to do a comparison and go onto YouTube, you can do that. It has a little bit of a, uh, a sound there at the start, but quickly sort of veers away. Um, and mm. it's probably a bit like the song The Stairs we've talked about before. It has about a minute intro uh, with a more of an instrumentation before it hits the... Um, uh, the verse, the well, the the critical part. Um, Film clips great as the band in North Australia before it actually uh, shows them over in the UK. Uh, the chorus, interesting about the chorus, it has more of the female vocalist singing the, um, you know, the burn for you lyric, um, less so than Michael, uh, which is an interesting uh, touch uh, when you think about, uh, I guess, the band songs over the years that uh, they had a couple of uh, female vocalists do that. Mm -hmm. uh, one of the girls happened to be uh, uh, in a, a band, uh, I think she was a sister of a band member in uh, of Big Pig, and I think uh, she'd done a little bit of work in I'm Talking, I think a couple of Aussie bands. But uh, uh, look, for me, this song still resonates strongly now. It's a, it's a longer, probably the longest song on the yeah. album. And... You know, everything's strong about it. Uh, I think the keyboards are a little bit synthy, a little bit mid-80s. Mm. Um, it stands up the test of time. B, how do you feel about oh, it? I love it. It's such a great song. Like you say, it's just slightly on the dated side, but uh, no, it, it stands up still. And um, yeah, I, love, I, I, I rotate this one. I love it. Okay, so the next one and the last one is All the Voices. don't like this song if I have to find a stinker this song is the stinker of the album for me I think it was the wrong one to end on the album no yes definitely definitely I just don't like it I want to like it again but it's just repetitive it's 
Oh, no. I didn't like it when I first heard it and I still don't like it. Sorry, everybody. Well, I, I'm, I'm going to blow you away with some facts, okay? Oh, so on, I think it's great. <laughs> I think it's great. Now, just a bit of, bit of background on it, B. This was a song that the band donated to the movie Strikebound, right. which was an Australian movie made by Richard Lowenstein, who obviously we all know who he is, uh, and it was about the mining strikes and stuff like that and all the things that uh, went on with that and all the unions and things. So it has a sort of bit of a social oh. uh, cause attached to it. I didn't know that. Um, it is a little bit repetitive, but it's, it's a moody piece. It sounds like something that... They may have been working around Shabu Shabar time with some of the uh, the vocals and some of the uh, swirls and production sonics uh, mm-hmm. behind it. Uh, but it, it's one that I like more and more over the years, purely because it's a bit of a slow climb, you know, um, especially where it, you know, going to tell me, you want to hear it up? You know, like it just has a has a sort of a, a, a gradual step-by-step uh climb to it yeah. um, so you you, you, you can know, hear uh, a climb i just want to stop the climb it's like okay yeah. it's going on too long now <laughs> yeah look it's not commercial mm. um it's not a three minute ditty but it is something that broods and adds and climbs to a certain zenith and i think it pays you off if you put into it but you know ear the beholder i respect your uh ability to make bad choices but so I, that's wrong. <laughs> but I do, I do like John's drumming in it. It's very tribal, isn't it? I'll do like that bit. Yeah. So if we could just yeah. lis- listen to John, yeah. that'd be good. But um, look, it is a. It, yeah, I mean, a lot of it exists songs, and we'll probably talk about this in the future. You know, their last songs on every album, like think about men and women of, uh, mm. you know, uh, welcome to wherever you are. Mm. Um, uh, I think of uh, you know Chibusha Bar, Don't Change, etc. They they have some very interesting songs and fish mm. albums, and I think this particular one uh, probably is a bit of a different sound uh, for the record compared to some other things. But I think overall the swing has so many sort of diverse sounds. It feels like the band are really coming to this sort of part of their life where they go, okay, well, we don't mind, you know, having sort of this element, you know, with original sin and we're going to play that and we're going to have a, a, an acoustic-y sort of synthy sound with um, Burn For You. It was this sort of case of a band exploring the palette of their sounds. I think that if I look back at the swing, there are so many sort of uh, U-turns and, 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 and detours of, of sonics that um, have come off this album and, and you can you can sense that afterwards with the Listen Like Thieves or Kick, they may have picked a couple of sounds to drill down on a little bit more. But um, to me, this is a band experimenting and, and feeling like, I don't know, they're in the studio with some great producers and, and mm. anything's possible. And let's mm. take this song down this pathway to its full length and let's then take this song down this pathway. Yeah. Um, uh, so, you know, for, for me, I think this album really raised their game. Um, mm-hmm. I think it was a, a, really, a really strong progression. I understand that when I when I hear people talk about this album, uh, particularly. Um, what's your overall feel or thoughts of the album for you, B? I think it's got some really good standout classics. I think they found themselves. I think they found. Uh, I mean, we talk about that we can't pigeonhole them into a um, into a genre. I, I, I do get that, but you can hear that this is them. They're not trying to be anything else but them. This is their sound um, through all of it. Um, I just feel that this is the this this is their real 
the, this is the album where they started as in excess. You think about the time, it's 80, 83 when they're recording, they've come off a successful USA tour, they've had two or three there, they've had a top 30 single over there, uh, a gold album, they've, they've had some breakthroughs there, they've consolidated in Australia with four top 40 hits, um, you know, international, you know, uh, uh, labels like Warners and things like that are, are really putting some money into this. Mm. Um, I think my only regret of this album was that it wasn't linear growth like it should have been. Like I, I really think that this album should have probably been like the Listen Like Thieves sales yeah. results, which did about four million. I think, you know, Shabu Shabar probably doing over a million globally at the time should have been a sort of a, a triple sort of rush or increase on the mm. sales. I think. You know, if Original Sin was number one in a lot of countries around the world and stored at 52 in America, well, you know, America, you know, you in America, you get this leverage that goes into other countries and it should have been a bigger album seller yes. at the time of release. It deserves yes. to be. Yes. Um, it's about, you know, in Australia, you know, four times platinum here is about 300,000 copies. Um, and for a small country of population, well, you know, that was a, a really standout number of sales. Um, uh, in terms of it's stacking up musically today, I think it does. I think, look, there's one or two songs there that can sound a bit 984, um, which uh, which is okay. Um, for me, as I said, there's only one stinker on the album, which, uh, you know, maybe differs from you. But um, we, we, we do, you know, personally, I do like to grade these albums and... Uh, uh, for me, it's, it's a 9.25 out of 10. You know, Face the Change, unfortunately for me, is the only one that brings it down. But the strength of the other nine songs really you know, do it justice to get that rating. Um, and, you know, it's taken it up from Shabu Shabar. Um, in terms of rating this album so highly, um, there is going to be, I think when we add this thing up, uh, onto our spotify playlist there's going to be uh some songs on this that we're going to be adding on and uh i'm going to be putting in love is what i say which i'm sure you yes. agree with b we, yes. we don't even have to quibble about that one no. yes. um uh we're going to be putting in johnson's airplane yes. onto the spotify playlist yes i don't think we quibble about that at no. all um i think the <laughs> the swing the title track is you've come around on that one yes okay, okay. Mm-hmm. uh now I've it. got two others here, but I, <laughs> <laughs> so I, you know what, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go. For, I had two more, but I'm going to go for one. I'm going to, I'm going to respect your opinion, but I'm sorry for Timmy alone. We're putting melting in the sun on there. Okay, I'm sorry, because, but this, yeah, this right. I'll allow it. I'll allow it. <laughs> <laughs> but you, I had other voices as well, but I think you're going to outvote me on no that one. No way. Right. And I'm gonna get hooked. <laughs> Carmen was gonna, what, she was gonna uppercut you, wasn't she? <laughs> She's gonna uppercut me now, I reckon. Who? Carmen. Well, you know, um, <laughs> you know, I personally have all the voices, but I think I'm gonna be hard up trying to get that and and, and melting in the sun. But uh, look, melting in the sun's going on, so we're gonna have four songs from this album tracks oh, added to our Spotify playlist. Yes. No way. I will resign from the podcast. <laughs> right, then the, uh, there'll I be a B-side, aren't we? Need to have a, uh, a, uh, <laughs> well, I think, I think we're going to have to have a uh, Royal Commission in face the change went on there. But anyway, <laughs> personal opinion aside. 
Okay, well, that so, was really uh, good. That was really good to go back through it all. I really, really did enjoy um, revisiting that for the last um, week and a yeah, half. Yeah, and look, it? throughout this week, if you you, know, you do feel inclined, if you you don't know this album very well, listeners out there, go, go check out the whole album. Um, uh, buy the CD, put it in your car. Don't worry about downloading. Go buy the CD. Um, or if you are a downloader, you know, go do that. But listen to the tracks. Maybe listen to things you haven't heard before. Um uh, you will be richly rewarded if this is an album that has missed you in your lifetime and you don't know much about it um, mm. and it wasn't as relevant to you as other albums I think uh, to us it's it's the equal of many in their in their catalogue so uh, thanks for being on this topic with me B and hope the listeners enjoyed this part of our, our, our podcast Pleasure and pain, which is quite funny because you just fell off the bed. <laughs> I wasn't going to tell everybody, but we've got to tell them. So with this this series, um, I've been they've been watching Hayden on the bed, um, talking to me, getting more and more relaxed and relaxed, and got so relaxed he's just he's just had um, a little incident, haven't you, sweetie? And you fell off the bed in agony. Well, I had a cramp in the toes, and in haste of fixing, I fell off the bed, computer, screw up, and, uh, and whatever there. So, at this point of podcast, I am recording at home, uh, as opposed to my office, but uh, yes, that's what happened. Pleasure. Thank you for the uh, uh, international reveal there, B. And I'm not very good when people hurt themselves, I just piss myself laughing. So, that was pretty good. I didn't piss myself laughing, but I did, like laugh a lot and did even laugh my chest. Well, it's definitely pain, not pleasure in me pain. falling off the bed. Yeah, yeah thanks. Yeah. Right, okay, here we go. Right, the, actually, I've got the list of your painful songs as well that I've had to download. So um, this is going to be part two of 1984. And we're going to start with this not cracker of a song. Oh, well. <laughs> you love it. I can't believe you like this song. Okay. Put it on. Oh, here we go. I'm not even. I'm not even going to say what it is. Take your baby by the hand. Make her do a high handstand. Take your baby by the heel. Do the next thing that you feel. We were so in face. In a dance hall dance We will go on craze When I, you, and everyone we knew Believed to share what was true I said Dance all days long All right, well... I said last week that there were so many good songs in 1984 that we needed to, to maybe look at a, a part two edition and uh, uh, I've come up with some cheese. Now, I have a couple of songs here that are cheese, but this is not to me. This is still a pleasure, not a pain. Uh, Wang Chung, Dance All Days. 
gets a big workout in any 80s retro movie or whatever but uh, it is a tick for me I love the lyrics love the, the music and uh, they had a couple other hits I like so uh, you're shaking your head in disappointment so <laughs> I'll shut up <laughs> no I don't like it never liked it I think oh. it was overplayed it's one of those that got overplayed in England at every party and whatever and it's just <laughs> oh I don't no, no dishwater for me okay <laughs> then yeah, he's right. mine he's mine better <laughs> like this song the video was so much fun when it came out it was just i remember watching it on um, the tv and it was um, played because they used to play certain videos and it came on and um my mum went i love that i need to go out and i was like okay it was another one of her sort of breakaway moments as well so uh, it was a bit of a a send-up clip of like um sort of east enders or something wasn't it it was actually, it was EastEnders, wasn't it, with the curlers and everything. But it wasn't actually yeah. um, Freddie's, um, it wasn't Freddie's idea, was it, I hear? It was Rogers. Well, I mean, this, I don't know. The song itself was written by John Deacon, the bass player, who had four or five major hits with the band. And it feels like a Freddie lyric and a film clip mm. and whatever there, a bit of cross-dressing. <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, look, it's, uh, it's, it's still a good song. I like it. Good yeah. choice. Yeah, okay. So we're going out with your next one, which, oh my God. Okay, here we go. In ancient times, hundreds of years before the dawn of history, lived a strange race of people, the Druids. No one knows who they were or what they were doing. But their legacy remains hewn into the living rock of Stonehenge. Stonehenge, where the demons dwell, where the fantasies live. Stonehenge, where a man's a man, 
All right, well, Stonehenge from the movie <laughs> Spinal Tap. Well, this is Spinal Tap. Um, uh, B and I were talking off air that maybe we have different, uh, uh, I don't know, um, tastes, connections with songs or things at different times. Uh, if you haven't seen the movie This Is Spinal Tap, uh, this is a classic scene. Uh, it's a bit of an end-up movie of rock bands and this particular song, Stonehenge. They were supposed to have all these big uh, rocks and things come down on the live stage version. Unfortunately, the person who was involved with the props didn't have it done to scale. So instead of these big, <laughs> massive rocks coming down on stage of about 15 feet high, these were about 15 inches high. So, <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, not a song to be taken seriously, but a bit of a laugh from 1984. So that's mine. Well, I've never seen the movie, so just because I was a bit too cool for school to watch something like that, I think, back then. So I think I'll, I'll actually go watch that. Can I find it somewhere? Would it be on YouTube or something? Oh, I'm sure, yeah. I mean, I've got it on DVD myself, but, you know, I'm sure through various streaming platforms you could get it. But uh, it is so many funny little anecdotes about being in a band, uh, the NXS guys. Yeah. This is a true story. At the 1992 ARI Awards, uh-huh. uh, they had a couple of the band members from um, uh, Spinal Tap. Uh, I don't know if they presented them their award for best band, but uh, they were filmed afterwards with a couple of the characters from... Um, uh, the bear. Now, um, there are a couple of actors. One's Harry Shearer, who's better known for the voices of The Simpsons, and one's Michael McKeon, who's better known for, in recent times, uh, uh, Better Call Sal as a character, and he's also in Laverne and Shirley, the sitcom, ah, and yeah. a very big character actor. But, um, yeah, they were at the 92 ARI Awards in Australia presenting awards to, I think, In Excess and other bands. But uh, In Excess love them, and I think it's, mm-hmm. if you're touring around, you know, the Midwest and you put on the movie Spinal Tap, it really connects with them and other bands who were in that scene, you know. Um, just just a quick little anecdote. There was a, there's I think it was a scene in the movie where they go, "Hello, Detroit," but it's not Detroit. I think it's Cleveland. Sorry, we're in Cleveland, you know, something like that. You know, they, I they, go, they, go, out, they go out and well, they go out and stage this one venue, and they've walked out onto the wrong stage. They're in some auditorium, and they've gone out in stage three, and it was supposed to be stage two. <laughs> They're getting caught behind the curtains. So yeah, there's plenty to laugh at actually in it. So yeah, but well, that that was my '84. Yeah, that was good. Uh, cheese but uh yeah your second one b over to you um okay then this one comes out to every hen party all around the world and um it it, it, it excites all women and i'm sure a few men um and it is uh, this one
can you not like that? It's a great song to sing along to, isn't it? Especially with the girlfriends. Uh, Do you think of your girlfriends? You're not a fan. Look, it was a bit a bit of an anthem for a certain sector of the population, so <laughs> what, not a big fan for me. Um, the film clip was quite funny. Um, <laughs> although, you, you, I'm going to ask you a question. Do you know who wrote this song? Oh, no, but you do. Well... It was the actual band leader on the David Letterman show, a guy oh. called Paul Schaefer, oh. who ironically was actually in the movie I talked about before, which was Spinal Tap. Ooh, Ooh that's a connection. That's yeah. a bit weird. Ooh. Yeah. Mm. There you go. 94 mm. Strikes Again. But, uh, yes. Yeah, no, not, not a great tick for me, but you seem to love it there. Oh, um, it's so a cheesy we'll, we'll... song for me, really. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I don't okay. think I own it. Well, I do now because I've <laughs> had to okay. download it. Okay, and right. uh, okay, let, yeah, I think you might have um, got a better song here, I think. Well, the last one for me was 984, again, with this particular track. Now, mm. uh, we'll play it away and we'll comment when we come back. Okay. Twisted sister, I did promise some cheese uh, last week. Being interviews with my guilty pleasures, putting too much sort of serious stuff in. So, uh, some definite cheese for me. Uh, not going to take it. I, I do remember back in the mid '80s at school, we were allowed to at lunchtime use audio visual equipment in one of the rooms, and it was a uh, oh, it was a full on frenzy of us singing and lip syncing to this song, running <laughs> around the room, playing air guitar or guitar with cricket bats and things. Uh, and uh, yeah, this was a, a a bit of a song that in recent times Mr. Donald Trump has tried to use as an anthem, mm. much to the chagrin of the band. So mm. Uh, mm. yeah, um, interesting times. Mm. But you had a thing like this. You you heard this when you came to Australia, is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wasn't. I've, not, I've never been a, a, a fan of um, that type of music. But um, when I came to Australia, I lived in Melbourne with my uh, rock and roll friends. Hello, everybody down in Melbourne, and um, Jackie and Chris, and uh, yeah, and the other Chris, <laughs> and um, Alex, of course. So yeah, they, they 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 played a lot of this stuff to me, and they they love to sing along. I mean, they. they their houses are just full of just songs and they party in all the time. <laughs> so yeah, we used to all grab, grab, grab the, the mics and sing along to that. Okay, so my next one. Now this young lady, who was a young lady at the time, she just turned it all around. She was a pop princess, wasn't she? And she made me cut all my t-shirts into little tiny t-shirts to show my little tiny belly at the time. <laughs>
Yeah, I, look, I like this song still. I think um, uh, part of the reason I like it is it, it is also produced by Niall Rogers, yeah, yeah. who's been part of our topic today. Mm-hmm. So you think back to 980, sort of 384, he produced In Excess, uh, Madonna, um, Duran Duran, uh, what else was there? He produced a Hall of Notes. I mean, yeah. talk about a producer in demand. And uh, yeah, he produced this as well. So um, great film clip too, I think, in, in Venice there. And mm. I think she had to have someone in the gondola tell her when to duck. You know, those scenes where she had yeah. to sort of, you know, bend down and go, duck! <laughs> <laughs> so uh, just as well, because, um, you know, it was pretty dangerous. But yeah, mm. good song, mm. good film clip, good choice. Thank you very much. Okay, and that's a wrap. All right, well, the end of episode 13, uh, our deep dive into the swing. We hope that uh, the listeners over the next week really discover this album or rediscover it, depending on which side of the, the fence you're on. Um, been a lot of fun with this one, B. Uh, I don't think you've enjoyed it too. Yeah, no, it's been really good. Really good fun today, watching you fall off the bed as well. <laughs> um, so, um, yeah, I can't believe that was 13. It's gone so quick. Yep. really has gone quick. So 3,987 to go. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and the things we have to deal with that we don't mention. It's no, hilarious. that's fine, that's fine. We're not going to do that. You've okay. got a few little goodies to mention, I think. Is that right? Mm, I have, I have. Right then, everyone. Okay, now we are into episode 13, coming up to 14 now. Um, we would like to start running some competitions and the reason being is that we've been offered some prizes which is very exciting they're not in my hands yet I'm going to wait for them to be in my hands before we create any competitions um, so yeah let me know let me know your thoughts on that and if anybody's got anything to offer as well that would be awesome we can put them all into the goodie bag and uh, yeah that's exciting isn't it we'll have to think well, I don't know some... much about this can you give well, what, a hint, hint of what is what? coming our way is there anything you can reveal there's quite a bit of merch come in. Um, yeah. um, one in particular, we've been given um, a copy of the Decadence album, yeah. which is uber cool. I don't know if anyone's yeah. got that, but to, to win that, that would be awesome. Um, we've got some videos um, of the um, Rockstar show. Yep. That would be up for grabs as well. There's some nice little bits. We'll see. Just wait. Right. Just wait. Okay. Well, maybe <laughs> we're going to have some competitions going out and then have some fan engagement. And we'll have to use uh, Mr. Amazon, Jeff Bezos, to freight it your way if you're a winner. Yes, we will. We will. Now, just to um, reiterate, we have added to the Spotify playlist mm-hmm. uh, Melting in the Sun, Love mm-hmm. is What I Say, The Swing, mm-hmm. and Johnson's Aeroplane. Yes. So um, I know B and I spoke earlier today about, uh, geez, we, we want to start looking at putting this up online or whatever there. And I said, mm-hmm. well, look, we've probably got one more album, which is the Listen Like Thieves, which represents the halfway point of their sort of recording career, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So uh, once we record, well, record that review podcast, we will make be put up part one of this master Spotify playlist but uh, uh, we will endeavour to uh, go through that entire list and keep you updated but 
it is designed for those who aren't aware um, deep dive non-single tracks that represent the band's uh, musical sort of legacy uh, not just the usual radio fodder that you hear plenty of other great songs that were, were more killer than filler on their album so that's sort of the theory behind it mm-hmm. so songs like Melting in the Sun Love is What I Say uh, The Swing Johnson's Aeroplane are examples of that strong yeah. album tracks yeah. that have been added to this particular list I can't list. wait to so, hear it all together I think we're pushing into the teens now, yeah. approximately. I think mm. we must have around 12, 13 songs on the list I now. Think so. Yeah. Um, so covers the debut album, underneath the colours, uh, Shabu Shabar. Uh, a couple of B-sides and the swings mm. now. So it is definitely building up B, which is exciting. Mm, very exciting, very exciting. Okay then, everybody. So if you want to interact with us, come and join us on the Facebook page. That's in Excess Access All Areas. We'd love to hear you there. Um, you can also find us on Instagram. Um, a lot of people coming through there as well, liking um, the photos that we put up. Um, what else? What else? So in Excess Access All Areas is obviously you found us on Popbean, but you can also find us on Spotify, iTunes, and where else? Where else can they find what is, us? What on? is Podtail? Is that related to Podbean? Podtail? Or is that different? Never heard of that. We're on Podtail. Are we? Oh. Yeah, I listened to ourselves the other day, and I, you know, I have no life, but uh, I just wanted to check out that platform. But uh, yeah. yeah, I think I lasted about three minutes listening to myself talk, and I thought, oh, this is a bit too creepy. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Creepy. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, right, uh, let's go. I guess as we do our mm-hmm. outro sort of cover song Ooh. of the week. Well, this is this is going to be pretty cool. Um, uh, I'll give you a hint. It's actually a live version of Original Sin. Okay, now vocally, you will not probably be able to understand which singer it is or singers. But, but musically, through the guitar and other elements to this live recording, it may, for those with a discerning ear, be able to reveal itself. So um, a few cryptic clues there of our cover song of the week, but being the swing and everything there, we thought how appropriate to have a, a cover song off the swing and yes. what better song than Original Sin. Uh, so uh, we're going to play that out in a moment uh, for all the listeners and we'll reveal the answer next week. But we would love if you do know who's singing this, you know, send us a message out on uh, our platforms and mm-hmm. uh, we will reveal the actual singer and the group next week. But uh, other than that, B, I've enjoyed having uh, this podcast today. It's been an eventful <laughs> one today uh, for various reasons, but uh, it's a goodbye from me. And it's a goodbye from B. Bye, everyone. Bye-bye, everyone. Bye. Bye.